0: Welcome
1: back to mile higher podcast where we take your mind a mile higher today on episode 80 we're going to be talking about the Hollywood Ripper case or the case of Michael Gargiulo which is a very recent case that's Mm -hmm. still actually kind of in the end works here the sentencing stage and stuff so we're going to be talking about that but before we get into that. Um, we are also going to be doing an entire segment on the Amazon Rainforest Absolutely. Fire. Uh, we wanted to block off our n- intro news topic section for that. To because it's about today, only so the much. most
0: important thing going on right now. Yeah. In and the world. They're that we barely be covering it on
1: the news and stuff. It's yeah. really sad.
0: It's extremely sad. But before we start talking about that, we just want to thank today's sponsors. Lola, Third Love, Upstart, Bombas, and Embark. For their continued support of the show we also wanted to quickly talk to you guys a little bit about hemp bombs because they got these cbd suckers man that are amazing yeah, we're enjoying them today. 40 milligrams per Brand sucker have 40 also milligrams got, per sucker that's is a lot, lot. That's it's a lollipop a that'd be like a great like mid mid workday treat right i there. am
1: having the watermelon flavor janal has got apple. the pink lemonade josh has got the green apple
0: Yeah, and they also came out with these CBD dog biscuits, guys, that use broad-spectrum CBD, which is really great for your pets as well as humans um, Mm -hmm. for natural pain relief, hip and joint support, helps with stress and anxiety for pets. So definitely check that out. Yeah,
1: the day that we're filming this is National Dog Day, (laughs) so we thought we'd celebrate. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) So So, definitely check that out and use the code MILEHIRE for 20% off at hempbombs.com.
0: Hell yeah. All right, so the Amazon is on fire, guys, Um, as you probably know. It's extremely bad and the pictures that are, are coming out um, are honestly it makes me a little bit sad to see you know the rainforest is burning to the ground it seems like um, just complete devastation I mean the Amazon rainforest is one of the living you know the oldest living organisms on the planet mm-hmm. it's been around for like 55 million years I mean who really knows when it you know even started but yeah it's been around a millions really and millions of really years. long time and it's It's truly an an amazing um, thing that we have on this planet. Um, And to
1: think that this is, you know, human has a bunch of different factors could have possibly contributed to this. Absolutely. But it's all back to humans at the end of the day. And it's so sad to think that, you know, this rainforest has been along, been around for a lot longer than we have been around.
0: Oh, yeah. And then,
1: you know, the short blip that humanity has been on the planet, we have fucked it up so bad it's It's so sad it's absolutely devastating
0: so here's just a couple interesting things about the amazon Um, so the amazon basin encompasses 2.7 million square miles and 2.1 million square miles are covered by the rainforest so actually like covered Mm -hmm. where you can't even see the ground which is insane and what's really interesting about this is that the covered portion the majority of it like two-thirds of it is completely unstudied and, and unexplored for the most part. Like we have no it's like idea the ocean. even, yeah, it's exactly like the ocean. We, we there's still so much mystery surrounding the mm-hmm. Amazon rainforest that like, who knows what could be hiding in there and who knows what, you know, sorts of animals and creatures and, and even people, indigenous people and tribes that could be there that we have no idea about and mm-hmm. no clue about. The entire area is actually the size of the Indian subcontinent. When you think about wow. that, this is multiple countries. We're talking yep. India, Pakistan, Nepal, um, Bangladesh, among others, and it's a huge, huge Space. piece of, of land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um not only that, it's it's obviously home to the large collection of living plants and animal species in the world. It's probably like the biodiversity there is just insane. Yeah. Like they're discovering new species all the time. Like
1: mm-hmm. there's also just so many different species of plants too. Like we get a lot of our medications from the plants there and stuff. Like yeah. this is not good for science either. Just the amount of, um, you know, these beautiful, unique, rare plants that are just being destroyed yeah, along with the, all these animals.
0: Right, exactly. It's, it's really horrible to think about. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to just see pictures of the rainforest burning down, but it's another to think about what's it actually like in there yeah. inside the rainforest? As it it's must be down. just
1: terrifying.
0: And all these animals there that are having to flee or just dying. Mm-hmm. Um, but the specifically, like the majority of the Amazon is in Brazil. Um, and there's actually between 280,000 and 350,000 indigenous people, um, which 180,000 of them live traditionally. So they like live mm-hmm. the way they've lived for th- like hundreds or potentially thousands of years Yeah, um, off of the actual forest itself. So it's, it's really crazy. And like, you've probably heard, the amazon being referred to as the earth's lungs mm-hmm. you know because 20 percent of our oxygen 20 percent comes That's from a lot the amazon
1: i've heard as high as 30.
0: it could be more it probably was more at one time if mm-hmm. you think about you know we've already destroyed i think 17 percent of the amazon um the actual forts itself because we're cutting trees down and you know deforestation and all that is playing a major part in the destruction of it which mm-hmm. is solely on us as humans you know like we're cutting it down so yeah, to lose that is just crazy. But what's going on right now is that there's an actually a record number of fires in the forest right now. Almost seventy three thousand fires have been detected, which is an eighty three percent increase from twenty eighteen. That's insane if you That's think a about huge, it. Huge,
1: huge Clearly, increase. Clearly,
0: something's majorly wrong there.
1: And I've seen so many people arguing like on social media, like, well, there's always fires in the Amazon. Which
0: is true. There is always fires in the Amazon. Yeah, I mean but it's not to forest, this extent. But- but up 83% oh and that's God. all just natural. It's either, yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that, you know, oh, this is just natural. If that's the case, then climate change is way worse than, than we, we even thought. think. Like, if that's really what, it, if it's all Or there's natural. a possibility
1: that some of it's not natural, that some of right. this was purposely set, which right. we're going to get into now.
0: Right. What was crazy, though, is there's this picture, um, like last week, I think it was, there was so much smoke that it actually blew like 1,700 miles over to uh Sao Paulo, Brazil. And wow. it was like three in the afternoon. The sky was completely dark. Wow. Because of all the smoke, like completely blacked out. It's crazy. Um look at that. It's just insane. It looks, looks like, like it's night. Nighttime.
1: It looks like a storm.
0: And then the rainwater. The rainwater oh, is like, like black, black from the smoke.
1: Oh, that's so scary and sad.
0: It's really crazy. So you've probably seen like hashtags on Twitter like pray for Uh, amazonas and in different states in brazil and things like that and that's because there's fires raging across multiple states there um not Mm -hmm. only amazonas there's redonia para and mato grosso um, that have been going on raging for days now um the agencies say that the fires are rare in the amazon region for much of the year because usually i mean like we said there's natural fires but usually Mm -hmm. it's wet enough that it's only you know the fires only last for a month or two during the dry season and then you know everything goes out as the rain comes and things like that but we're seeing it we're seeing you know more droughts more intense uh heat and things like that and less precipitation we're feeling
1: the effects of climate change Mm -hmm.
0: and so is the amazon so why is it burning like what what's actually going on there um and one of the things is deforestation that has attributed to it because Mm -hmm. we're you know cutting it down Mm -hmm. and not only that there's tons of like dead brush and things like that not only are the plants not getting as much water it's just um, dry but it's just sitting there in the bottom
1: yeah. of the floor well
0: and you think about it too like they're cutting down you know the forest there's going to be tons of scraps and things like mm-hmm. that that are left over that are just like super flammable
1: well not only that but they literally start fires often which is legal in most cases to clear out the land for farming and ranching
0: yeah i mean it's crazy that's that so they're doing crazy that.
1: so that's one way that you can f- you know fight back against this is to cut beef out of your diet if you can or at least reduce it. I mean, I think everyone can do what they can. I kind of talked about this last week, but it's I think it's going to take everyone kind of looking at their lives and seeing where they can make a change and how they can improve. Like it's not going to be something over the night you go vegan, but you know, you've got you have to look at this stuff. I mean, it can't it can't go on like this forever. We can't sustainably survive unless people change their ways it's going to have to happen whether you choose to or not it will happen
0: well yeah and i mean if we lose the amazon we're going to be in really bad shape oh yeah i mean the effects of it not only that but like a lot of the rainfall and things like Mm -hmm. that come from the amazon for the rest of south america even and Mm -hmm. and perhaps like globally like we're going to see a major decrease in in precipitation and obviously oxygen as well Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah they're clearing the land for for cattle farms and ranching and things like that but not only that, they're actually starting to do palm oil in the Amazon, yeah, which is that's a big part uh, really too. bad because that's a huge problem in like Indonesia um, and Southwest mm-hmm. or Southeast Asia as well. Um, they do a lot of palm oil plantations there, um, which if you don't know what palm oil is, it's uh, also known as vegetable oil. Uh, it's made from the pulp of the fruit found in oil palms. And what's crazy about palm oil is that it's literally in almost... There's definitely so a food that we all eat foods. pretty much. Yeah. Man, Damn, I didn't there. know
1: the extent of palm oil.
0: Yeah, it's really bad. I like, mean, oh,
1: yeah, tricks, Cheerios, Skittles, uh, Lay's potato chips, Ready Whip, um,
0: tons of stuff. Lots yeah. of snack, Cat, Cat
1: Crunch, Skippy, all junk food. It looks like palm oil is a major junk food. Pretty much. Cool Whip, peanut butter cups, Nesquik,
2: and Nutella. I think it's anything that's processed, basically.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's pretty much it's well, a huge that makes sense, list of, yeah. of brands.
1: So even when you're just buying vegetable oil from the store, a bottle of it—that's palm oil. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredibly sad. Yeah, it's.
0: So really I feel crazy. like most people
1: just don't even know these things. Like it's going to be a matter of educating people on this.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean these major brands don't want you to know about this either.
1: No, know? of course not. Like look
0: at all the General Mills and all of the big, big mm-hmm. brands that you know use products with palm oil. Mm-hmm. So I mean. You know, try to cut back if you can on yeah. some of this stuff. Just it's good for the to just be of
1: aware it. of it. Definitely cut back because I mean, it's all can.
0: supply and demand, right? Like, same yeah. thing with cattle and things like that is the demands there, they're going to continue, you mm-hmm. know, deforesting it's everything. It's going and to and be the consumers
1: more. wanting change, just like we talked about last week with plastic alternatives. It's yeah. going to be the same type of situation,
0: yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the same thing for any other issues we have in the world right now. It's going to be up to us to. To mm-hmm. fight back and to really initiate that change mm-hmm. in, in our society, I feel like. But not only that, they're like cutting down the force for lumber. Still, paper is a big one. Yeah, like, the fact that we're still using so paper needed. and things like that is just stupid. So many
1: medical offices are still using like paper yeah. records and yeah. stuff. It's ridiculous.
0: I always find it so dumb. It's like just electronically send things yeah. now. Like you can yeah. e-sign everything. Like that. why do you need to print out papers now? I know we should be stuff. using
1: like, our technology more to help us become more sustainable.
0: Totally. And and we're trying to, but not everybody's on board. That's the thing right. is like, you know, a lot of people have, or a lot of companies, things like that, been around for a while, don't don't yet subscribe to that. Um, but the other big thing with this whole Amazon Fire story is the president of Brazil. Yes, um, his name is really crazy to pronounce. So Jair, it's like Jair Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro. And he's been accused of harming the Amazon rainforests and indigenous peoples in order to benefit loggers, miners, and farmers who helped get him elected.
1: Wow. Sounds a lot like American politics.
0: Mm-hmm. Which there is like, you know, some people compare him to like Trump. He's like kind of a oh, yeah. right wing individual that d- kind of denies climate Yeah. Their change, government like, like is
1: doesn't their current administration doesn't believe in climate change. That's a real shame.
0: Nick. And just like Trump cutting, you know, the environmental protection agencies uh-huh. and things like that that are fighting to save the rainforest and the natural resources that brazil has and he actually cut the budget of the environmental enforcement agency by 23 million which is a lot of money for them and if you think about it you know the amount of illegal deforestation that's happening is likely increased because of that Mm -hmm. um so you know even though brazil has in the past come out and said that they want to reduce um and try to preserve the environment as much as they can um, but that's just not Happening, happening it seems like
1: mm-hmm. And they're not walking. I mean
0: you know there's not a lot of Money going into putting these Fires out that's like the other thing is like They're not doing as much as They could to, to at stop all it. to stop It from burning
1: just so shocking What do they think this is
0: I don't know it man. doesn't matter I don't know I don't know what they Think to be honest like that the force is just going to like return which I mean To some extent I think the return, truth is is they
1: Don't think anything they they know The truth They're just greedy and it's all they care about is money. So many people in this world don't care about the environment. They just don't care. Someone else's problem eventually like I'll be dead before anything bad enough happens. I think that's the outlook of a lot of people and a lot of administrations around the world. It's really sad.
0: That will just, you know, use these natural resources that are there and then deal with, deal with the repercussions later.
1: Well, clearly, I mean, what's being done. No one's taking this seriously. We don't have much more time to, you know let this continue on like this no we definitely don't have time for people who don't even believe it's happening it sounds like their whole uh administration over there doesn't even believe that climate change is making the fires worse
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean when we have that kind of issue we're really screwed when the person when the people over there don't even believe it
0: yeah what do you do i mean what, what do you do it's a really tough one man I mean, it's, it's crazy to me that, you know, people will be all up in arms and, you know, lots of celebrities and things like that, you know, trying to save the Notre Dame Cathedral, which right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's great. We should preserve historical landmarks, but.
1: But it was such a thing. It was yeah, the, this big major news. Thing. There were so many people making social media posts or posting a picture of them in front of it Video or live
0: on TV all day. Yeah. Like, and
1: then I've seen barely anyone talking about the Amazon.
0: Yeah. And the news, some of my favorite
1: creators and stuff like I've been so disappointed. I haven't seen anyone talking about it. And that's the most important thing is like, I think if you have any type of platform, you need to be talking about this stuff. This is so fucking vitally important. And it's going to take people learning about it, explaining why this is happening and how you can help and understanding the issue. That's what it's going to be at the core Mm -hmm. for us to move forward. And if we just don't even talk about it, we're not even covering it on our Mainstream media, you know, I was unnoticed.
0: Yeah. Nobody cares. Right. Go about their you talk to people
1: that don't even that aren't even on the Internet, like older people in your lives that are just watching the mainstream. They don't even like know this is going on or or the the extent
0: extent of the destruction. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's really, really unfortunate. And I
0: think a lot of people just fail to acknowledge that. The climate issues are all like a chain reaction. If there's one thing that is really wrong, then eventually everything's yes. gonna be really wrong. It's called an like, ecosystem. It it's a right.
1: system. It all works together. If there's one right. cog not working the in the system, rise. the rest of it's gonna be fucked up.
0: Right. Sea levels rise, the forest burns down, the you know and not only that, the amount of carbon uh carbon dioxide or carbon monoxide that's being released in the atmosphere is insane. Like yeah the, the air around there is toxic now and you know all the animals breathing and all that and stuff it's just sad it's like crazy that you know i think i even read an article actually that was kind of cool that um a you know like how do you fight a fire like that you got to get big ass airplanes that can carry yeah. a bunch of water uh you know fire retardant and all that kind of stuff
2: and dump so.
0: it out mm-hmm. over there and there was a there's a plane from colorado springs that's actually flying down there to to help out i forget who owns it I think it's one of the fire departments or something's actually sending their plane down there to help oh. fight it. And that's, what's crazy is it takes other countries getting involved with Brazil mm-hmm. to do something about this. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not like Brazil just owns the rainforest and they can do whatever yeah. they want with it. Like the rainforest is a part of planet earth and yes. we're all a part of this planet, you know? And just because one government is not doing something about it doesn't mean that we should all just sit back and be like, Oh, that's their problem. You know? Yeah. Like if and, anything,
1: we should step up even more to make up. for Yeah. It.
0: I mean, it's, it's kind of like any other problems in the world. It's like, you know, at what point is it time to get involved in order to, you know, for the betterment of all people, you know, I feel like we've got to stop looking at all of us as all these like different little, you know, yeah. societies and things Some like that. Compartmentalized countries. Yeah. And- like there's yeah. all these barriers and like, Oh, that's your government. We're remember, so
1: remember. obsessed with that. What's different between us all? Why, yeah. how are we all separate, so separate borders and- laws? Like when we're all one race, we yeah. really don't have that mindset towards, it doesn't seem like that's how we are at all.
0: Yeah. Especially
1: if we're going to continue into the future, it seems like we're going to have to come together as a human race. If we have any hope for this planet, but it seems like an impossible task.
0: Yeah. I saw a really great quote about the reality of the situation right now. It was like, you know, the earth isn't dying. It's being killed.
1: Yeah. Yes. That's a great point. It's not dying. It's not too late. It's being killed. It's
0: being killed. That's the thing is like that because I, whoever you, whoever sent this to me, shout out to you, but someone sent me an article about, um. actually the ozone uh, is actually repairing itself. The, there was a giant hole in the ozone layer. It's actually starting to repair itself. Yeah. So mother earth knows trying. how to heal itself and yeah. it knows how to reverse a lot of it. But you know, it can only fight against us for so long before yeah. we, you know, we overpower it to an extent where mm-hmm. it makes this planet totally unlivable. And you know, we're forced to abandon it or die pretty much. So, Oh, you know, so that's crazy. that's the severity of the situation. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the earth is being killed and we need to do something about it. And
1: and it is no longer acceptable to just say, la 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 la, I don't want to hear about this because it stresses me out. And that that is such a poor way to look at things. I hope everyone tries to take this stuff more seriously and, and face it head on. Because yes, you have to make a lot of lifestyle changes. Yes, you have to look at what you're doing wrong and you might feel guilty about it. But you have to start looking because if we don't, we don't have a future like there is no option where we just continue to ignore this and live on as normal. Eventually, this will catch up to us and we will pay the price or our children will pay the price.
0: A hundred, a hundred percent. I mean, we're almost certain at this point, like, yeah, every, like science is telling us the facts are that we are our planet is going to radically change in all of our lifetimes. Like, you know, and the rate at which everything is melting and being destroyed is just continuing to ramp up and accelerating all of this you know destruction of the planet and it's just like if you can just make one little change in your life that might benefit yeah. you know the rest or like
1: of, one little change a week yeah. that's what i've been trying to do yeah, is like look at like things. one thing i can do like try it's so overwhelming and it's it's easy to just be like well i just clearly suck at this so i'm just gonna like whatever i'm
0: just out of sight it's probably too
1: late anyway whatever have that mindset you can't do that like no. you just have to face it head on and take it little steps at a time because right. over time those steps will turn into a whole lot that you're doing compared to other people and you know it just takes time to learn and to, to right. think a lot of the things you are doing that are impacting the environment you don't even realize you're doing wrong or yeah you're not thinking about them or you have no you just aren't educated about them yeah. so it's Get gonna it take the issues man yeah it's all about education and slowly and trying to being, do the best you can right
0: and just being conscious and your Mm -hmm. day-to-day life and
1: i think another thing is i wanted to say is when you go and spread this information or you try to tell people try not to be like aggressive about it because i think that's really off-putting totally and it makes people not want to do anything when they're just being yelled at or lectured like educate there's a difference between lecturing someone and educating them and it can make the difference for our environment big time if you approach people in a kind way and you don't like just say I'm just so much better than everyone else and everyone else sucks at <laughs> you know
2: like yeah, yeah. we
1: a lot of people have a long way to go. That's the thing
2: though even just acknowledging that everyone starts somewhere.
1: Yes. Right. I think that's you a have huge to part st- of it. that's the main Gotta thing. Start Step to start one somewhere.
0: Start from somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and work your way up to mm-hmm. being more eco conscious and things like that. Like mm-hmm. we're we're nowhere near perfect yeah. or like some like elite sustainability people like not even a level close where, oh my god we have it, so yeah, much to do we so have, much work to do we've
1: made some changes though we've had made some positive changes in our lives that totally. i'm proud of yeah but we still have more work to do and that's how kind of where everyone i think yeah. should be at
0: totally and you know like I, I love to call out some celebrities like leo for example leo dicaprio leonardo yeah. dicaprio like not only did he share an image of, of a fake image of the amazon yeah. burning this not a fake 20. image but it's a stock image from 2003 mm-hmm. Um, From a photographer that actually died and he shared that because it was just kind of going viral and he's just kind of reposting what all the other celebrities were posting It's just like, you know, if you're gonna champion this cause like at least Get the facts right and get you know share real legitimate stuff like yeah and then look at your own life Leo like where's is he living in like total sustainability even though he could that's the thing is you have all this money it's he like, could
1: share it too yeah
0: share it too and but I mean, I mean we he don't he's doing stuff. more he than most lot, people
1: yeah. like sometimes we tend to go after the people yeah, who are do. doing <laughs> something because it's like you could be doing more but like at least he's doing something there's he so many celebrities that say stuff. jack shit influencers right. who don't ever talk about the environment who don't care who don't. Don't spread totally. the information, totally. you know, at least he's I mean, he's been a huge monumental part of getting the word out there. It's true. So it's, true. it's pretty disappointing. He shared a, a wrong picture. Yeah, not but to hey, shame on him. I I, like Leo, we all do stuff like yeah. that. We all in this age of social media, you see something going viral. You believe it's real and you repost it. It's really stupid. But he I mean, you'd think he'd if he's like really making this his thing, he'd kind of have a team that's like checking over everything he posts.
0: Yeah, or he just knows himself. I mean, he should be pretty knowledgeable at this point. Yeah. He's done a lot of stuff. How is he
1: supposed to know the difference between an old photo and a new photo? Yeah, I
0: guess if there's art, you assume something that's viral is true. It might be true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I do. I definitely have reposted viral images. Not every image I have posted, I have gone through and made sure that it's new. And, you know, it's the internet. It's It's kind of hard. But, you know, at least he's doing something. He's, at least he's posting about it. It's more than 99% of celebrities can say.
0: At least he made a post about it. And acknowledges the problem. Yeah. So, like, what can we do about it? What can you do, you know, in addition to not only, like, making changes in your daily life? Obviously, you can donate to various organizations um, that are doing, you know, good work as far as protecting the rainforest, as well as the indigenous people. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a huge part of this, too. Huge is like, part of this. We are destroying uh, ancestral lands that have been owned by um, these indigenous people that live there that many of them are, you know, uncontacted by. modern civilization which is just crazy Mm -hmm. to think about there's really like ancient cultures um, that have been there for thousands of years potentially living in the amazon
1: and one whole other aspect we wanted to talk about with this is there's kind of a whole conspiracy going on with this as well which we're not really sure it's hard to like report on this because there's no proof Mm -hmm. but there is a conspiracy going around um Basically, the way that this fire is starting, it seems like some of it could have been started in strategic locations. Mm-hmm. Possibly, that's what some people are saying. Um, Purposely
0: set on fire to maximize the destruction yes. of the forest because
1: because this tribe won a lawsuit against Big Oil, right? Maybe they're mining some way and stuff there, yeah. right? At rapid pace, mm-hmm. and they won a big lawsuit, so. How do you pronounce this? Wayarani we- people?
0: Sounds about right.
1: Wayrani people of yeah. the Pastaza. Mm-hmm. Indigenous tribe from the Ecuadorian Amazon. They've lived in the rainforest for a generation.
0: Which I think a lot of people or, I mean, sorry.
1: <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Four generation on generation. So for a long time, many generations.
0: Did you know that in the Amazon region, there's over 30 million people living there?
1: That's crazy. I did not know that. That's mm-hmm. a lot of people.
0: Not in, in towns and cities around it. God. technically amazon but can also you imagine in what it. they're
1: dealing with right now so much shit oh smoke everywhere it's just a mess
0: well i i there's an interesting sorry just a side just a quick side mm-hmm. thing because i watched a really interesting uh little clip from graham hancock and joe rogan there uh, graham hancock was talking about the amazon and as the amazon's being cleared we're discovering more and more archaeological finds and we're finding that there's you know like i think we talked about it in the past but you know how in guatemala they use that LIDAR and they found that like huge underground uh, civilization, like buildings and things like that under the ground oh, there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're starting to do that in the Amazon. They're starting to realize that there is literally enormous civilizations that existed for with millions of people living in the, un, like in the deep Amazon jungle. Wow. And we had no idea that anybody could live there because apparently the soil in the jungle is not not very good. Like just by default, the Amazon soil is not great for growing crops and things like that.
1: Interesting. But what so they, why are they doing so much of that? Well what there?
0: they found out is that they have they created an ability to like almost like compost the soil in order to make it super fertile. And there is like civilizations there that may have had several million people uh, that live there. So it's just crazy. Like there's so much that there, there it's just so a huge history. reason to preserve it and we gotta preserve yeah. this. We can't Protect let this burn it. to the ground like you the know, land of so many all people. These, and just like archaeological sites and, you know, tribes oh. and things like that. So much history that's gonna be lost if this burns down. You yeah. Know.
1: Um yeah, Sorry, but back, back to, to this this tribe, yeah. this Wayo Weor- Wayo tribe. Um, but they basically had won a lawsuit in ongoing court case regarding the settling of or the selling of sacred Amazonian lands.
0: To so the oil companies, right. Um Yeah. So a court decision ruled that the tribe had not been properly consulted before the lands were sold off. And the government appealed the decision, but ultimately lost when the panel appealed the ruling that the tribe had not been properly consulted. The decision saw half a million acres of ancestral land protected from being mined for oil drilling by oil corporations.
1: So a lot of people are saying that they may have started the fires on purpose to kind of get back at them mm-hmm. saying, fuck you for mm-hmm. winning that lawsuit.
0: So, there, I mean, there absolutely could be sort of this fight for, for land. I mean, just look at America. Like, we took all the land from the Native Americans and, you know, did that. Could Brazil be doing some type of thing with that? You know, we're going to come in, take your ancestral lands, plow it, clear it. You'll have to leave and relocate so that we can drill and do everything else and, and essentially build on it. Just yeah, like in America. and he
1: offers them that if he if they give up their land, he'll give them a better life. They're probably like, that, "Fuck you!" That's exactly you. We don't what want we told what the Native, Native Americans.
0: Want. That's exactly what the yeah. explorers told the Native we'll Americans. We'll give you a
1: better life, as in, you yeah. join our life, right. you start living in our society, right. and if you don't,
0: you forget know, your up. old ancestral ways. You come live as a modern man. You know, like <sighs> ridiculous. what's well, you know. It's, so
1: there isn't any evidence that they have actually started these fires on purpose, but it is definitely going around. I've had a lot of people, even Brazilian subscribers, tweeting us and saying that they think that. I would be, qu- I'd be
0: questioning it too, man. Mm-hmm. It seems a little, you know. I mean, I think that there's all these factors, right? It's not just one thing or the other. I think this could be part of it. Maybe they were started by the government, but then because climate change is the way it is, and the is in the state it's in, it's just been way worse than maybe the government even thought it would, you know. And now it's kind of out of hand. They're like, "Oh shit," you know. Uh-huh. Now we have a major problem on our hands. So it's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. But if you want to help, you can donate to the Rainforest Action Network's Protect an Acre program. Um, they help protect and defend rainforest territories and indigenous people. Um, there's also Amazon Watch that preserves rainforest and indigenous people. I mean, there's tons of different uh, organizations. But one mm-hmm. of the things that is really cool, and you know, if trees are burning down, you got to replant the trees. You know, so one of the ways that we can help do that is there's this search engine called Ecosia.org, E-C-O-S-I-A.org. And it's a search engine that's free to use. You just go to you know, that website, set it as your search engine. Instead of
1: Google or whatever. Instead of or Google Bing.
0: or Yahoo or whatever the hell you use. And for every 45 searches you do, they plant a tree, essentially. Which, which is, is cool. awesome. Using the money they make through the search engine. I bet
1: engine. we planted about two trees with this episode, researching for it.
0: <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, how many searches do you do today, you think? like A lot. I know I'm constantly like so you can set it up on your phone on all your devices computers and all that stuff so should definitely do that
1: yeah that's really cool I love seeing companies that are giving back like that mm-hmm. or companies for a cause
0: and I think we're I think we're going to start seeing more as more people become yeah. socially conscious and I think so too things like that because that's
1: what people want
0: I mean we we don't want to die we don't want the planet to die
1: no obviously not <laughs> i'm just so worried about my kids like that's been my biggest issues i don't know if i even want to have yeah. kids right
0: no now. i know it's it's scary man i mean just the whole world in general is scary but you know we can all do our part to try to make the world a better place right mm-hmm. i think that was a reading rainbow lesson <laughs> i don't know why that song just pops in my head for some reason reading rainbow you remember reading rainbow reading
2: fly rainbow. in the sky yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a great show flies, yeah. take a look it's a, a rainbow, read a reading <laughs> rainbow. Oh yeah! Live.
1: Welcome to the Mile Higher Podcast, guys. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to jump in to our sponsors for today. All right, guys. Now let's get into our true crime section for today. We're going to be talking about Michael Garjulo, or known as the Hollywood Ripper. There was another name for him, boy too. next door killer, boy next door killer, right? Mm-hmm. Weird. I hate all these weird names for serial killers. I know that they call them like weird things. I don't know. I why. get why they
0: do it because it helps. I mean, it does help bring awareness to the case because people remember it mm-hmm. versus Michael Gargiulo. Like, who's going to remember yeah. that? Who right. cares? You know? Right. So I get why they do it, but this guy is a complete savage. Um, in the sh- in a short Psycho. version, yeah, really. I mean, for 15 years, he essentially methodically stalked and then killed numerous women, which we'll talk about today. Some of the victims um, that we'll talk about. There's four of them. And they're Trisha Picaccio. That we know of. Yeah, that we know of, right?
1: Trisha Picaccio, Ashley Elrin, Maria Bruno, and Michelle Murphy.
0: And they're all young. They're all very attractive um, mm, and outgoing really women. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Michael Gargiulo, who was he? He was born February 15, 1976 and grew up in suburban Chicago. He was an athlete. He was on the high school football team. He was super, you know, he was like built. Um and for actually a point in his life, we'll just talk about, we'll talk a little bit more about later. He was an amateur boxer, um, an actor, um, as well as an HVAC guy. And he pretty much owned like his own plumbing company.
1: Yeah. Kind uh-huh. of worked on air conditioning. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, people that knew this guy, re- uh, described him as reserved, quiet and kept to himself. A lot of his friends said that he had two sides to him, a quiet insecure side, while the other side was described as the crazy switch, mm-hmm. which, you know, you got to, so now, watch out for these people that are super reserved and stuff, because you never know mm-hmm. what they're what they're plotting. So when,
1: have you ever like met someone that just seems like too quiet and too mellow? You're almost like, what the fuck you got going on?
0: Especially when there's like you know, because I mean, there you can have that personality, but at the same time, it's like you know, yeah. if you go about it in a creepy way and you start creeping people out, or people are like, this guy's got a crazy switch. Like you yeah. say something to you, you know, you go a certain way with him, he'll just flip shit on you and. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, uh, I think, what is the deal with Michael. So uh, his friends also said that Michael, when Michael wanted something, there was no stopping him, and he would do whatever it took to get the satisfaction he wanted. Um, Yeah, and so pretty much he lived a double life for, for almost 15 years, and he considers himself an expert in forensics, which is interesting. So on the night of Friday, August 13th, Trisha and her friends were all together for a scavenger hunt party. It was like a you know, get together with summer. all their friends, drive around and do kind of like,
1: yeah, night games, night games. So many people did that kind of totally stuff. Friday the 13th though. That's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Of course it's Friday the 13th and
1: they even went to dinner at TGI Fridays. They had a general, you know,
0: after hanging out, playing their, yeah, their generally their mellow
1: games. night mm-hmm. just with her friends. And she gave several of her friends a ride home after that.
0: Mm-hmm. And Trisha was a, you know, we said that she was smart and she was, mm-hmm. she was actually bound for Purdue university in Indiana. Where she earned an engineering scholarship, actually, which is yeah. pretty impressive. She
1: was really excited to go. Yeah, super really stoked. Really awaiting.
0: This. I mean, you know, think back to like when we, you know, graduated yeah. and stuff and like. How excited you are to go excited. off and
1: start your life at the end of the summer. Yeah, yeah it's totally.
0: Like, it's a huge chapter in mm-hmm. growing up. It's she like was just about to high start
1: that. To college. After this perfect evening with her friends, having a fun time all together. Mm -hmm. So she gets home sometime around 1 a.m., sometime after 1 a.m., parked Mm -hmm. her car and walked up to the side of her house with her key in her hand. And she was going to let herself into the house because her parents were already in there sleeping, but she never even made it inside the
0: house. (sighs) Fucking crazy. Because the next morning on August 14, 1993, Trish's father, Rick, discovered her dead body on the back door or on the front doorstep of their house. She had been stabbed repeatedly in the left breast, arm, and chest, and she was left bleeding to death on the doorstep of the family home.
1: I truly cannot imagine what that was like for her father to go out to, I don't know what he was going out, maybe to get the paper, or just to go outside in the morning, and then to walk in on that. Your daughter laying there dead and stabbed, like blood everywhere. I mean, oh my gosh, the trauma that he probably went through from that moment. What is, ugh, just terrible.
0: Yeah, just complete. yeah, I mean, Talk about having a bomb dropped on you like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that will literally break Well, you, you can't the do father. anything.
1: That's what he said is like, I had to just look at her knowing that she was gone and I couldn't do anything to help her. It's just so sad.
0: Yeah. I mean, literally, like, she was literally on the front step, like, literally just laying there lifeless mm-hmm. on the front step with just blood everywhere. It was just an absolute horrible scene. Um, but there were no indications at first about who could have done this to their daughter. And the police had about 15 suspects they were looking at early on in the case. The biggest suspect was Michael Gargiulo, and here's why. Michael ended up going back to her house and watching the police pick up and clean up the crime scene from afar. Michael's friends talked to Michael about what had happened, and he acted like he had no idea what was going on and that the whole thing was just insane. So at first, he just tried to be like, oh, yeah, this is insane. I don't know what happened. This is crazy. And so there was no reason to make people believe that Michael would have done something like this because he was close with the Picasso family. Mm -hmm. He'd like eat dinner and hang out at their house all the time. He was like the neighborhood kid, you know, he was just like the reason to not trust him. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there wasn't a ton of suspicion from the parents with Michael at first because Trisha's parents knew Michael's one of the more shy kids in the neighborhood friend group. And they said that they never knew him to be aggressive or violent and that they had no reason to believe he had anything to do with Trisha's murder. He obviously knew Trisha because he was good friends with her brothers, but it's not like you know Trisha and Michael were really close themselves. You know, like yeah. they didn't have like it wasn't like they were dating or had a, had a relationship other, or anything no. like that. It wasn't anything like that.
1: You wouldn't suspect him, obviously. Right, right. He wouldn't come to mind when you first think of who would want to kill Trisha.
0: Right. But about a year after Trisha's death, Michael started doing some really weird shit. Out of nowhere, he randomly started bringing Trisha's parents little gifts red flag don't you think on several occasions he brought them flowers and even brought them a gift card to a restaurant and he even bought Trisha's father a shirt Trisha's parents thought it was really strange that Michael was doing this mm-hmm. and so they went ahead and told the police and I'm sure the police were like "Uh, yeah, yeah this is fucking weird he was
1: getting them a lot of gifts like on Easter he brought them a big gift like all the time he was bringing over these nice floral arrangements and different things for their house mm-hmm. and cookies
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's major red flag totally as a parent, I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Why do you care so much? Like you're still bringing stuff. Yeah. No one else was, but he was still bringing flowers and right, clearly was carrying some type of guilt.
0: Police also thought it was a bit weird that he was bringing gifts to her parents. So they started looking into Michael a bit more and they found that he had a bit of a rap sheet. He had previously been arrested for theft. Another thing that raised a red flag was when Michael confronted one of Trisha's brothers and asked him, quote unquote, if you knew who did this, could you kill him? end quote the fuck kind of question is that
1: that's so weird and basically his brother was like uh yeah i would i would definitely kill them if like, i knew the who it was i think? would kill them like almost like why the fuck are you asking that yeah and then after that he calls the police and mm-hmm. and tells them that he was threatened by him
0: yeah by the brother
1: and what? so they, they call him and they're like you know michael Garjula just told us that you threatened him
0: yeah and he's like what the I'm sure he was. He
1: said, I threatened the guy. I threatened to kill the person who killed my sister. So to be like, well, he threatened me. That means you're the person who killed his sister. I mean, it's so So police are just like such an idiot.
0: Totally. So in order, you know, obviously the heat's starting to to heat up for him uh, with the police and everything. So he is heating up. folks. The heat is heating up big time for Michael. But then he starts like pointing fingers uh, because, of course, he doesn't want to be, you know, Caught, So mm-hmm. he, he points fingers to another neighborhood kid named Eric um, and Eric was a close friend with Michael and Trisha's brothers. What a great friend. You know,
1: I <laughs> yeah, just throw someone else under the bus yeah, for murder for
0: murder. My God. But Michael told police that the morning after the murder, Eric showed up to Michael's house and asked Michael to come with him so he could hide a gym bag. And Michael said that he didn't know what was in the gym bag, but he strongly implied that the bag contained the knife used to kill Trisha. So because of this, Eric all of a sudden had a big target on his back and became the police's number one suspect. However, despite this, police weren't really able to build a case against either of these men and eventually the case went cold. That's what's crazy with this. It literally did go cold for a long time. And then five years later, Michael randomly showed up at the Picasso's house and asked to talk with Trish's dad. However, before they got a chance to talk, Michael's uh, dad and one of his sisters, um, Showed up at the house and said that they had somewhere to be and had to leave. Yeah, they That's basically weird. took him. Yeah. I
1: mean, he came and was like,
0: "I wonder what he's going to tell." Her.
1: I know he. Well, he remember he when he first got there, he asked if he was home, and they said no, he's at work. And so he said, "Okay, well, I'll wait for him." And he waited right. for a full hour.
0: That's so weird
1: for him to get home from work. And as soon as the dad gets home from work, he comes in, and Michael's already being rushed out by his brother and his sister. When it seemed like he was sitting down about to tell him something, and his. Her dad, Trish's dad, says that when he walked in, he had this look on his face like he was going to tell right, him to something. tell him something big. Like, yeah, yeah, so he immediately calls police and is like, right. "This is your guy. He did it." Like that, like confirmed it for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I mean, that seems like a totally natural reaction. I would probably act, yeah. react the same way and this guy's a it's fucking like something creep. weird is going on. he knows on. something
1: and they're already thinking it's weird because of all the gifts and his strange behavior so mm-hmm. he's already on their radar as a potential right. killer
0: yeah and and who knows that might have really like i don't know maybe they would have brought him in and at least question him or something like my maybe. god but literally like shortly after this he yep. runs away to california
1: his parent his uh dad and sister probably well, if they know, it depends on if they know about right. it because it's kind of interesting that they rushed him out of the house almost as if they knew he might like say yeah. something. Maybe he confessed to them, or Spilled maybe they the had a feeling that he did it or mm-hmm. something. And maybe they told him like, "Hey, man, you got to get out of here. You got to go to California." If that's the case. Go they're start they're over.
0: Fucking terrible people for doing that. That's...
1: There's a lot of people that would want to protect their family member first mm-hmm. and get them that's to true. safety before that's true justice as a whole.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, two side notes, though, um, Later, years later on, Michael bragged about killing Trisha, quote unquote, saying, I left the bitch on the step for dead. And eventually they find Michael's DNA on Trisha's fingernails, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But it's an important thing. So now let's move on to victim number two, Ashley Ellerin. So after Michael moved to California, he actually moved to Hollywood, uh, where he took up residence near Ashley Ellerin. His second she was victim. so pretty. She was. Yeah.
1: She looked really sweet. She looked like this babysitter I used to have named Ashley, too.
0: hmm God. And she was known as someone who loved to have fun and was really thriving in the hustle and bustle of Hollywood. hmm She was a student at the L.A. Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, and she wanted to work in the fashion modeling industry, as many do uh, in L.A. She um, was
1: quite the partier, mm-hmm. was the, the tea. Mm-hmm. She and her friends liked to... That's what they kind of said they were known for doing together, that their friendships were kind of based on... Doing a lot of partying. they did a lot
0: of partying and I, they were definitely in like the Hollywood scene. Yes, you know, getting mingling in with, with the celebrities ho- yes. and and people mm-hmm. um, that hang out in Hollywood and things like that. And she was really young at the time; she was like twenty two years old.
1: And so eventually, she meets um, Ashton Kutcher at a party of in all Hollywood. People, yeah. yeah. And at the time, he was starring in that seventy show. So it was he was a like really, twenty one. He yeah. was like super young when he was, he was a young doing boy, that. Way before Thorne. Yeah. Way before everything else. So. Um, it's kind of interesting his involvement in this case Yeah. and it's honestly helped the case get more coverage, him being somewhat totally. involved because he was just in the trial. He just testified, mm-hmm. um, which unfortunately is private. We can't share the testimony with you guys, but, um,
0: but we can tell you what happened that night. Yeah. So Ashton Kutcher, it was the night of February 24, 2001, which is the night that Ashley is killed, but Ashley had planned to go out with Ashton Kutcher on a first date they were going to go to a party. It was Grammy night and Ashton was planning to pick her up and then take her to the party.
1: Imagine that. Ashton mm-hmm. Kutcher is about to yeah. take you out on a date.
0: Must have been so excited. It's like, like a huge night for her. Yeah, to On go her, to like her first a...
1: date to the Grammys. Like that's insane. And she had no idea what was going to happen no that
0: clue. night. No clue. No clue. So Ashton arrived at her house at around 1045 p.m. And, you know, knocked on the door, rang the doorbell. Mm-hmm. But Ashley didn't answer the door. And of course, he thought this was weird because he's like, yo, I'm yeah. like picking you up for a party. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you? why would you ghost me right now? Probably. Yeah, why would you ghost
1: Ashton Kutcher? He,
0: like, he probably thought it was super weird that she'd answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she had like the sunroom right next to the front door and there's some windows there. And so he looks through the windows and that's when he said he thought he saw what looked like wine spilt on the floor. Because mm-hmm. um, like through the window, you can kind of see into the hallway where that room connects to. And then in the hallway was where the... Wine was, which yeah. we, you know, obviously know now, it was actually blood. And then, you know, obviously he eventually left because, you know, mm-hmm. she never, she never came out. Obviously, but that night she was brutally attacked, brutally attacked. Mm-hmm. She was stabbed over forty-seven times,
1: total, like, in her hate home, crime, mm-hmm. passion, crime,
0: totally with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. She was attacked from behind, and her injuries included a neck wound that nearly severed her head. She had deep punctures to the chest, stomach, and back. In, in some cases, the punctures were up to six inches deep. That's, Ugh, fucking, so that's insane. And she was attacked by a left-handed person. Hmm. Who else is left-handed? Well, Michael is. Mm. So early the next day, her roommate found her dead in the hallway, just outside her bathroom. And obviously, it was the blood that was on the ground, not wine. Yeah. Um, but at the crime scene, there weren't any clues to help detectives figure out who did this. Ashley's friends told him that she had met a man who lived in the same neighborhood a few months back and they didn't know if he had anything to do with it, but they said that he was an HVAC worker. Eventually, police were able to identify the man as Michael Gargiulo, which one of the common trends and methodologies that he uses is he targets somebody, targets a young female, and then he moves, somehow is able to like move really close to them Um, whether right next to them, the same apartment building, Mm -hmm. um, but moves really close to them to where he can watch Watch all their movements and literally stalks them.
1: So how do we know though that he wasn't just stalking whoever was conveniently living near him? I don't know if he necessarily moved in specifically to...
0: Oh, I think he did though. You really think he did? I think, well, what he does is he, he goes under the cover as like an HVAC worker. So if he just happens to see somebody he likes, he then inserts himself into their life By going over there and be like, Hey, you know, Uh, like I'm in, you need me to look at your furnace. You need mm -hmm. me. And then he gets like the lay of the land and then he, and then he starts watching and he hangs out around there. And he, I mean, the amount of time that he spends stalking these and gathering intelligence for his victims is insane. Like it's Mm -hmm. literally insane. Like he, well, he lived here most of them. Yeah. But not so, only that, he goes outside. He gets in his car. He parks outside. Like, but is he like moving
1: specifically for specific women? Is what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: I believe so. You think so? I think so. Yeah. What if he's
1: just moving there, finding a woman in the area, and then targeting her because it's conveniently? Where I don't he know. Because
0: how does he get so lucky to get apartments literally like perfect, so he can perfectly look into their place? You know, That's I true. think the I think could be the first two. I don't think are quite as like. You know perfectly set up like that but the the last the last two victims definitely are
2: what do you think i don't know i mean that's crazy if he really did it was like i need to get in that apartment and they'd be like well you can't request that apartment that's right what now. i was saying like what if they're like no dude there's already someone right. living there or why do you want this specific
1: one or could cool. it be possible he moved in the apartment and then started you know
2: ooh, who's that over yeah. there like
1: he just started staking out people from wherever he lived that's what i'm saying
0: Maybe, yeah.
1: That seems more likely. But then, obviously, once he found a victim, he would stalk them. Yeah, I don't know if it was like he moved in specifically to find Ashley. I wouldn't
0: surprise me though. He's that crazy. He would do that.
1: God, that's that's I mean, really crazy to run really away sense. from. Uh, you know, an investigation. Get back in Illinois with Trisha, run to California, and immediately move in to kill someone. Mm-hmm. It's like. I wonder if at some point he was just like, I'm just going to be a serial killer. This is just my life.
0: Well, he clearly, I mean, he clearly gets some sort of thrill from this. I mean, they call him a thrill killer. Like this is a game. This is like an adrenaline rush for him. He gets off to this.
1: Right. Which is one thing we wanted to talk about. We don't know if there's any sexual assault. And sometimes when there's not sexual assault and crimes, it's like really confusing because most crimes, male and female, there's sexual assault Sexually motivated in stuff, the beginning, yeah. unless yeah. it's like a personal relationship. But it's, when it's just like a random attacker on a woman, a lot of the times there is sexual
0: assault. But, but you have to, well, also like all the victims are attracted too. like, right, you know, not saying no one is.
1: But it seems like mm-hmm. he just killed them right away. I mean, he could have done something to them afterwards, but it seemed like he was more into the thrill of killing. Yeah. More than it was just getting rid of a witness. There's a big difference. There's people who are killing to kill because yeah. they enjoy it right. or they get off on it or like you said or there's people who are just getting rid of the evidence because they raped someone and they don't want them to go and talk right
0: right right yeah. so
1: he seems to be one of like more of that side where he just really it's enjoyed to thing. kill he had like right. some type of anger like he likes this he has that mm-hmm. serial killer gene or whatever
0: mm-hmm. he just yeah he just finds a lot of satisfaction from killing. Because, yeah, there was no reports from any of the victims, I believe, of any sexual assault or, or rape or anything like that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, with Trisha, it was she was just found on her porch. So unless he did something out there, well, it seemed like a, he attacked her as she was about to walk in the door and just killed her on the spot.
0: Well, and I mean, one of the themes that we do see is he does go for the breasts. Mm-hmm. That's so it's what's somewhat weird. of a there, sexual there, thing. There, there's a, I mean, you have to think like if he's l- l- he's obviously grabbing for those and stabbing those, and then he's picking very attractive women. You uh-huh. know, like you have to think there's some sort of, you know, maybe it's kind of like the, you know, these women never paid attention to me. Mm-hmm. You know, as I was growing up and in school, does he have a hatred towards Yeah, women correct. Thing? And and therefore I'm going to get my revenge on every single one because I was mistreated or there's gotta yeah. be some reason you
1: maybe know? I mean they didn't talk about anything
0: like no, that they We're did. Not sure I mean, we his don't childhood know was I'm really just like. you know speculating but
1: it's totally possible mm-hmm.
0: though.
1: well was, he seemed to have a very uh, a hatred towards women we'll talk about it later but he has some quotes just some mean just the way he speaks about his victims like with no remorse mm-hmm.
0: well and I think part of it too like part of the reason why he moved to Hollywood too is he kind of always had this um obsession with like wanting to become an actor and and potentially be like famous maybe i don't know but he actually played a small role in a film as a boxer um so i think part of it too with like the hollywood stuff may have been the the lifestyle and and you know maybe mm. he even knew that like ashton kutcher was you know mm. talking to her i mean if he stalked her you know, i was thinking about he, that. maybe he was like Oh, here's a, here's a girl that is like getting the attention of these famous people, you know, Could I'm going to target her. Like maybe that was Could be. part of the reason why. Um, But he was just super creepy, man. He would like park his car in the middle, you know, like outside of their place in the middle of the night. And like her roommates would like one night went out there and was like,
1: yeah, her male roommate,
0: he was like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And his excuse was that he couldn't go home that night. I mean, this is like late, late at night. And he's he's just
1: sitting in front of their house, like watching, watching. Yeah. And he tells the roommate, basically, I've got it. I can't go home because the police are looking at me for a murder in Chicago. Uh Can you imagine telling someone that? Like, yeah, man, I'm just, you know, hanging out here looking like I'm creepily stalking your female roommate. And it's because I'm hiding from a murder trial of another girl. Like what?
0: But of course he was like, I, you know, I didn't didn't do it." it. But, but they still, want a DNA swap. Are you kidding
1: me? I would be like, you stay the hell away mm-hmm. from me until they prove your ass didn't do it.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what the roommate said. He was like, well, if it wasn't you that did it, then why don't you? What do you have, yeah, to, do you hide? have like, to hide? Like, just give them the DNA sample, so you're not mm-hmm. a suspect anymore. Like, that's the rational, logical explanation. But of course, Michael is not logical or rational at all. Um, and it was at this point that Michael ended up lifting up his pant leg. So after he's already being questioned, he lifts up his pant leg, pulls out a knife out of a sheath attached to his leg and then of course the roommate's like dude what the hell is wrong with you get the hell out of here um and then he went to tell ashley and the other roommates um and they were like oh that's kind of ridiculous like he's just making up the fbi thing like Mm -hmm. i mean i could see how you might do that it does sound kind of wild and crazy like like guys
1: after you did really
0: and that's the the horrible thing is like do you ever think about like times where like People that might be killers or whatever, you know, you, if you ever interact with them and you know, you just have no clue Because they're you know, That's if they're most of the time how it is. Mm-hmm, it's just crazy But then in 2002 the Cook County Sheriff uh, Detectives contacted the LAPD to ask them to help collect a sample of Michael's DNA for the Trisha Pocaccio murder and it just so happened at that um, that at this time LAPD was already investigating Michael for the murder of Ashley as well and it was a perfect coincidence um, and made their case way stronger that the, LA, that the LAPD were already looking into Michael at the time that the Cook County contacted them. And LAPD agreed to help Cook County Sheriff's Office, but it took them a full year before they were able to track down Michael and collect a DNA sample. So lots of, you know, there's always issues, like we've seen issues with, you know, different departments, especially in different geographical regions, like there there has to be a better way for like different departments to collaborate on, on cases. I'd love to yeah. talk to like a detective or something, like get the full scoop mm-hmm. on like, is it really that hard to like you know connect cases and mm-hmm. connect evidence and DNA samples and stuff? It, it must be. Cause it seems like that's kind of a reoccurring factor in a lot of these, these cases we cover is like, you know, one de- like with Ted Bundy. I mean, that was a long time mm-hmm. ago, but like one department knows about one thing. And then one department across the country knows same about the same State thing. Killer. Yeah. It's hot. It know, takes forever for them to connect back to, to yeah. one suspect. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. But before we talk about his third victim, we'd like to thank our last sponsors for today. So the third victim is named Maria Bruno.
1: Another just gorgeous girl. My yeah. God. Yeah. They were all so the model. Mm-hmm.
0: And at this point in time, it's been 12 years since Trisha's murder and four years after Ashley's. And Michael again had moved. Which is interesting. Like he's, he knows he's always got to stay on the move Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, people are going to eventually narrow it down Mm -hmm. and and figure out where he is and stuff. Mm -hmm. So he moves to another LA suburb called El Monte. And on December 1st, 2005, 32 year old Maria Bruno was found dead. She was stabbed 17 times to death in her home in El Monte, California.
1: I have to say, being stabbed to death just sounds like the worst thing ever. It is. It's, I think there's, because no you're alive way. for most of yeah. it. Oh my god.
0: Because you know, like with a bullet, at least you're, you know, I mean, most of the times, it's terrible. You're, you're just out. so aware of what's mm-hmm. going
1: on. It's so scary. Knives scare me so bad. Yeah. I, enjoy, yeah. I hate knives. And that's what he would, he would do.
0: He'd get big old butcher knives. Like every, it's like everybody's nightmare, like to be stabbed to death by a yeah. butcher knife. Like, and that's what he would do. And Maria was a mother and a wife, and had come to the states from El Salvador when she was a little girl. She so had two incredible. year, uh, two year old twins. A four-year-old and a five-year-old. So, a mother, More kids, mm-hmm. guys. She had recently separated from her husband, and he was the one who took, uh, who had custody of the kids at the time of her death. But Maria's apartment was on the ground floor, and there was a window um, that had the screen been taken out when police were investigating it. And police believe that Michael entered through that window, then put on blue surgical booties, like those little things that you cover up your shoes with that like surgeons wear, mm-hmm. and like. You know, sometimes the HVAC people wear them when they yeah. come over. Um, pretty common. Yeah.
1: Carpet cleaning, yeah.
0: And then he grabbed a kitchen knife and then went into her bedroom where she was sleeping. It's just horrible, God. People in the most vulnerable, like yeah. when you're sleeping in your bed, you assume just you're for safe. for no like,
1: fucking reason, too. Like, just decides just horrible, to kill dude. her. horrible, dude.
0: And this one was just brutal, man. Because he stabbed, not only did he stab her a bunch, but he gashed her throat out. And then he cut off her breasts. <sighs> including removing implants. And then actually placed one in her mouth. It was just fucked up.
1: That's just like, that shows you how sick this guy yeah, is. Sure and is. how this is such a, I feel like he did, did have a serious hatred towards women. Yeah,
0: clearly. I mean, to mutilate somebody mm-hmm. implies rage and you hatred. You know, it's really sure.
1: interesting. He's kind of similar to Jack the Ripper. Maybe that's why they're calling him Hollywood Ripper. Yeah. Because Jack the Ripper hated women.
0: And he mutilated everybody Mm -hmm. pretty much. Took Took out their uterus uterus and and, stuff. Ugh. Really bad. I just don't understand how a human being can do that to another human being. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't matter how mad you are. Like, how can you get to that point where you think, you know, I need to start Mm -hmm. like ripping out people's, you know, cutting off fucking appendages and shit. Something's
1: wrong in their head. Right,
0: right. There's gotta be. Because it's just fucked up, man. So right away the police believe that whoever had done this did it for no other reason than to commit a random murder like they didn't know absolutely brutal. Yeah, they they didn't have any connections at first and as far as anyone knew Maria didn't have a relationship with someone who they think could have done this. But Maria's husband was actually the one who found her body and, and he called police. He can't imagine that shit. Oh my God.
1: Oh my God. It makes know? me want to cry thinking about that.
0: What that, that was like
1: for him. All these people who had to walk in on these poor women.
0: So Marie's husband was the one who found her body and he called police. And when police arrived at the crime scene, they found a blue shoe cover outside of the front door of her apartment. And the shoe cover had some blood on it and they were able to match the DNA to Maria confirming that it was her blood on the shoe cover.
1: So if you're going to wear shoe covers, why would you leave it at the crime scene? Like what a dumb Yeah.
0: Well, I think he just like, once he goes through the act, he's just like out of his mind. Yeah. Probably. He's probably just like, not even thinking straight at all. Like yeah. I can't even imagine being in a right state of mind when you're doing the, yeah, that crazy shit. True. So forensic analysis showed that there were drops of Marie's blood on the shoe cover and an unknown person's DNA on the elastic band. So it turns out that Michael Gargiulo lived in the same apartment complex and could see directly into Maria's apartment from his own living room. And this is the one where I'm like, I'm pretty sure... Because like think he moved there because I, I mean, why would you just like I mean, I guess he could have just randomly picked that apartment and then, all you know, right. she just happened. What to are be the chances
1: there? that there? It's always this beautiful woman living. Yeah, right exactly. Across. Yeah, that kind of is the
0: chances are pretty slim. I think he he stayed. I mean, he spent a lot of time staking these uh, victims out for mm-hmm. sure. But later, a witness came forward stating that they had seen Michael just staring at Maria's apartment, watching her. as She moved around inside. At one point, he even tried to open her doorknob. So he's that creep. He's like that creep walking around the apartment complex, like walking kind up to the doors yeah. and like seeing if they leave them open oh, that's and not.
2: So
0: and at one point, I guess he actually like trailed her into the apartment. And I don't know wow. exactly what happened there. I don't know like if he went in, like mm-hmm. she went in, then he kind of went in and like just peeked around and left or something weird. Like that's so weird. But Maybe he actually she
1: report did she report? No, that? like I don't mm-hmm.
0: think so. He like actually like how do we even know that that happened? Went in. Then? It was in the in the trial, hmm. um, but while this she
1: like told a friend that he did that.
0: I don't know, man. That's that's crazy. But while this case was under investigation, Michael again moved locations and moved up to Santa Monica, and took up residence in an apartment across the alley from Michelle Murphy, mm-hmm. who was his victim number four.
1: So I guess, I mean. I guess he really could have moved into them, moved into all these places, knowing that. I think he did. That's so insane. He's
0: that. He's that insane about it. He literally made sure he was always somewhere at a vantage point where he, he could watch, watch real easily without drawing suspicion. You know. So where
1: is he first finding them? That's so weird. So he must be finding them in some other way. He probably finding out where they live yeah. and then moving where they live. That yeah. Seems like so much work.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how he gets lucky in the places that are happen to be right across the way are open. What but. do you
1: think, Janelle? You're
2: making some faces I'm over just there. Like, I don't know. That's crazy to me. I mean, I guess it's possible. Just doesn't seem like silly so crap work. though. That yeah, that just seems like it's so inconvenient for him. Why would he just not move into a place that he can get into? There are plenty of beautiful women everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, it's, it's you know it, it is california it's not like he was dating these people and had a relationship and was following this specific person but how do you know if it's going to be like a grandma
1: across the street right. from you right, or exactly. a pretty woman
2: well i mean yeah but you can
0: he yeah, had to do some know. surveillance though he had yeah. to go into these places before get moving in and stake them out and and see like you know maybe what he did is he'd go like to the leasing office he'd be like what apartments are open he would figure out what apartments he could potentially move into. Then he would mm. walk up to those apartments. You know, he can kind of scope out where mm-hmm. you're at. And then he just was a creep and just started creeping on on everybody around till he found one that happened to have his his type of victim in it. Oh my god! Which is crazy. It just, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it is absolutely crazy. No one does that, but someone like Michael, I guess, did.
1: It seemed like this became his whole life after a while. Yeah.
0: It was. I mean, he's totally consumed by it, clearly, because he keeps doing it. Mm-hmm. So on April 29, 2008, Michelle Murphy went to bed around 11 p.m. in her apartment. Her roommate was out of the country, so she was home alone. This is this is literally like a, a straight-up nightmare, man. And it was a warm evening in Santa Monica, so she left the second-floor window open to let the breeze in. And police believe that at around 11.40 p.m. on the night of April 29th her killer climbed through her apartment window, went into her bedroom while she was sleeping, and started attacking her with a knife. Again, the same the same method every time. I mean, police mm-hmm. are like, there's clearly some type of serial killer mm-hmm. that's doing this. She was stabbed multiple times in her chest and shoulder, which woke her up. And at some point during the attack, she was able to get her legs under her and her feet up and kick him off of her. Good for her. for her. Seriously, I'm like, fighting back. had a fighting chance, so which sad. caused the killer, or Michael, to cut his own wrist. Bleeding all over the place, he ran out of the apartment and took off. And apparently, right before he fled, he told Michelle, "quote unquote, I'm sorry," <laughs> which <laughs> fuck I'm sure Michelle was like, "Fuck you!" Like, yeah, you know, what? Like, god,
1: that makes no sense. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry.
0: Oh shit! You woke up, up My bad. you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh my god. Well, and then he She bled ended up all surviving. Yeah, which she, is awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: She did survive the attack, and and this was ultimately like how police got him is because. He cut himself on the wrist and just was bleeding all over yeah, the place. Yeah, so all over. There was blood all over her, DNA uh, her uh, blanket on her bed mm-hmm. and then a trail out the door all the way like, to Down his apartment. Street. Yeah, mm-hmm. Past his apartment and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. So she called 911.
0: Mm-hmm. And the police came and they followed the trail and they did ended up submitting the blood that was found at the scene. And 25 days later, they got the results that the DNA from the blood matched Michael Gargiulo. Uh, DNA analysis showed that Garjula's blood was on her bedspread and mixed, even with Michelle's blood. So there Jeez. you go. Yeah. You know, no questions about yeah, that.
1: Happening in the other way.
0: So on June six, two thousand eight, within twenty four hours of matching the DNA to Michael, he was arrested and charged with attempted murder. What's crazy was Michael was actually living in the building across the alley from Michelle's apartment building. He was able to see right into her bedroom from the window in his apartment.
1: <laughs> God, that's so creepy, dude.
0: That's crazy, man one of the things that raised flags for police right away was the fact that when michael's arrested he would immediately asked police which agency they were from hey uh what you know like what <laughs> department are you guys from
1: wait which one are you guys because i'm wanted by the police multiple were like
0: police yeah the police now. were like oh that's weird you yeah know, asking what jurisdiction we're from so
1: they believed he must be involved in other crimes mm-hmm. in the areas
0: yeah and they matched <laughs> his dna uh, sample that was in the national database and this DNA sample that uh, was there had been collected way back in 2002 when Cook County uh, had originally contacted LAPD asking for their help, which is interesting. So after this, detectives believe that perhaps Michelle's attack was related to the murder of Maria Bruno. Both of their stories were strangely similar in how they played out. Yeah, it was like exactly the same scenario almost every time. Like, um, And when investigators were searching Michael's apartment in El Monte, they ended up finding the matching blue shoe cover that was found outside of michelle's apartment Boom. with blood on it done in like the attic yeah like what like he didn't even Good like job. throw it away he just like shoved I'm it up idiot. in the attic yeah and then on september 4 2008 michael was already in jail for the attack of michelle but was now being charged with the murders of ashley and maria as well and while he was in the el monte jail this is crazy but he made makeshift handcuff keys out of plastic and plan to attack a jailer, break out of jail, steal a police car, and flee to Mexico. Like, he <laughs> plotted this and they obviously, Damn. like, figured it out, but what a crazy guy. What a crazy fucking guy.
1: He did not want to be there.
0: So, the Cook County Sheriff's Office kind of fucked up uh, because it turns out that back in 2003, the Illinois State Crime Lab matched Michael's DNA, which was collected in LA, to DNA found on Trisha's fingernails back in 2003. Dude,
1: that is so... What a... Years disservice before. to her, to Trisha, and to everyone else who followed her. My God,
0: yeah, and they've been said, prevented from that. And the, the Cook County Sheriff's Office said that they didn't do anything because they weren't sure whether the DNA was under her fingernails or on top of it, and because they oh couldn't determine God. determine that, uh, they didn't arrest him.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: And you know, like Michael prevented Michael's like murders. just because you got, you know, someone's DNA on you doesn't mean that you like killed them or committed a crime or whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, come on, like yeah. you can't under even the like,
1: fingernails is like a pretty telling sign.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy cuz it it was under her fingernails. So, skipping forward to his trial. Michael allegedly told authorities in Los Angeles County jail that just because 10 women were killed and his DNA was present. It doesn't mean he murdered anyone, Mm -hmm. which this statement led investigators to believe that Michael may have killed up to 10 people, even though he's only currently tied to four of the texts we've talked about. So he may be, yeah, I mean, if he
1: was the type, it seemed like he was obsessed with doing this. This was like, all he was doing was like stalking and getting ready to do this. I wouldn't be shocked if he did more women. Like it would make sense.
0: Well, I mean, if you look at there's years that go by between the attacks. Yeah. And you look at like the Golden State. I'm killer sure he wasn't just like a good boy. Yeah. No. Yeah. He probably just he, didn't get caught. Forever. He really went like years without killing. If that's like his, if he's a you know true serial killer, chances are he probably did commit more. Mm. But a pretrial hearing was held on June 9, 2017, in Los Angeles Superior Court, with his trial scheduled to begin in October 2017. But after delay after delay, his trial began on May 2nd, 2, 2019. And actually, during the trial, Ashton Kutcher was called as a witness um, and testified about the night he was supposed to pick up Ashley for their date. Um, and unfortunately, there's no clips of him talking. Of course, there is the uh, closing arguments and opening statements on YouTube. We'll link it for you if you want to watch uh, um, them talk about it in a little bit more detail. Uh, detail. But Michelle Murphy um, also testified against Michael during the trial, um, and during the. Michelle's testimony to the jury was shown graphic photographs of the deep and bloody gashes from the stabbing Michelle said that that night she returned from work to her apartment I uh, worked out in the alley next to her home by skipping rope and doing sprints and after this She showered and watched some TV before going to bed around 10:30, just a normal night And then the next thing she knew she woke up and quote-unquote there was someone on top of me stabbing me My arm was being stabbed. It's fucking crazy His trial lasted three and a half months and over 200 people testified during that time prosecutors um, are actively seeking the death penalty, and Michael uh, pleaded not guilty. Prosecutors describe Gargiulo as a, as a quote-unquote serial, psychosexual thrill killer who engages in the systematic slaughter of beautiful women because he takes pleasure from manipulating, stabbing, and killing his victims. Ugh. His M.O. is to quote-unquote watch, stalk, and hunt down the victim relentlessly as part of his foreplay. And then kill them in blitz type knife attacks all for a psycho-sexual gratification. That's what the prosecutor said. So
1: it's still in a sick way. a somewhat sexual thing.
0: It is. In a very sick way. Wow. Because I mean, and knife knife attacks are so personal too. You're Mm -hmm. like, you have to be right up on somebody. So there's clearly some sort of Mm -hmm. attraction there for him, which is Mm -hmm. sick. But then on August 15th, 2019, so literally last week, Michael Gargiulo was uh, convicted on the two counts of first-degree murder and the attempted murder, and he either faces the death penalty or life in prison without the possibility of parole. However, Michael's defense attorneys argue that their clients suffered from a mental disorder that left him in a fugue state, unable to recall his actions during the Michelle's attack. Basically, like, kind of, I didn't know what I was doing type of thing. And they also said he suffered monstrous abuse as a child that led to monstrous results as an adult, which... Might be true, but I, I don't buy that excuse for. No, um, it's not
1: an excuse, hmm. but it's important to acknowledge it. I think, you know, it's interesting whenever we we bring up stuff like this with a killer and we talk about them being abused or something yeah. bad happening yeah. to them that could have led to it, people get like mad, like it's somehow making excuse for them. It's not. But I think it's really important for us to understand what abuse does to people and how it can affect you long term. There's no excuse for it. No, but it, I think it's important to understand how people end up like this. Well, and we have to get to this point. It,
0: right. Yeah. To prevent it. You know, if right. we can figure out how, how do we stop serial killers from becoming serial killers? Yeah. Unless stop you think they're literally worldwide. There's I mean, some so people think abused. they're uh, serial killers out of the womb type of thing, but yeah. I don't believe that personally.
1: Eh, um, I don't know. It's hard. Think it's it's a hold on their debate. Yeah. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast just on that. <laughs>
0: But prosecutors argue that Michael knew exactly what he was doing in these well-planned attacks. That's the thing. They were super well-planned. The jury found Michael sane at the time of his attacks, which is paving the way for prosecutors to pursue the death penalty in California even. Uh, the sentencing phase is expected to begin next month. And once his sentencing is finished in L.A., he will actually be extradited back to Illinois to start the trial of his first-degree murder charge for Tricia Picaccio. And if convicted in Illinois, he faces a sentence of 25 years to life. Which, I think that there's a good possibility he might get the death penalty here. I, I think, yeah. I think it's pretty warranted to be honest. Like, well, just know. the
1: savage way that he talked about it, and even talking to those, you know, people who have said that he said to them, "Yeah, I killed the bitch," and just the way he talked about women, yeah. like he clearly had just no remorse for no, this.
0: Absolutely no remorse. A- even up until you know the very end of his trial and stuff, he had no, no remorse or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He looks rather detached and removed from the whole thing um emotionless so you know like somebody like this can they be re- rehabilitated are they worth keeping in prison for life like you know it'll be interesting to see what what the sentence actually is as well as like obviously he's going to get convicted for Trisha's murder um so he'll likely get a life term for that so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what uh, he gets in california but what's interesting as it's just a last little note Unknown to many, Michael has been leading a secret, secret romantic life behind bars, of course. Ew. Amber Touchton claims that Michael's her husband. Um, Ew. She apparently told Radar Online, Michael's my husband. It's been a once in a lifetime kind of love. Congratulations, Amber says, bitch. Amber says she was legally married to Michael Gargiulo, but um, this isn't the case, apparently. Apparently Michael is trying to arrange a marriage. However, his fiance was unable to fulfill the legal requirements, which are so they're trying cumbersome. to get married. What the fuck? Dude, I don't understand this. Like, what's wrong with you woman? Like, why yeah. don't you? You can see what this savage did. Yeah, like, if He
1: was outside of jail. Your ass would probably be dead. Yeah. Seriously. Sorry. That was really harsh yeah. to say. But I get so mad when these women find these men in jail and like start dating them. And it's like, and, like fall they should not be able bullshit. to fall in love after everything that they've done to all these other women. Yeah. It's so gross. Yeah, it's really terrible. and and I feel like by uh, you know saying you're in love with this man after knowing what he you're did to all these women, what he did, yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely,
0: it's disrespectful to it's the victims. Very disrespectful. Totally agree. I mean, it's yeah, it's literally it's yeah, it's so disrespectful. Sick. I'd be pissed if if I found that. I this. have a question
2: that I've always found interesting, and this is so weird, but like, what if your family member, like, try and put yourself in your shoes, where like a family member did something so terrible like this? Like, would you still love
0: stand behind him and stuff? That, yeah. That
2: family member, especially if they were, you know, it'd be one thing if they were like a distant cousin or something, but if it was like, God forbid, like your parent or yeah. your grandpa right. or your brother or your sister yeah. or whatever, like, wh- I can't imagine putting myself in those shoes and having to be like, well, obviously what they did is disgusting. Right. But they're my family. And I'm wondering if it's like,
1: i well, yeah i wonder that too because i mean it's hard for us to even imagine because i mean hopefully our parents aren't serial <laughs> <Right>. killers <laughs> well. so but like you so obviously when you think about oh well what if my dad was like a murderer you'd be shocked because you're like that's so out of character that would never happen but there are people that deal with that mm-hmm. i think a lot of the times though there's like signs and stuff where you mm-hmm. see abusive behavior and yeah but
0: look at the i was just thinking i'm thinking of one in particular the btk killer yeah, there's like that. She whole, didn't forgive him. No, she's I don't think yeah. I could forgive. I, I think, think there's, there's a an line. extent. I think there's a line that yeah. I think I could
1: maybe like if my someone I loved made a mistake and like murdered. someone. <laughs> I don't, right. Not that it was a mistake or like it was like a one thing. But if I mean, if it's a killer like this, if they hit someone in a car or.
0: Or even one of these know. mass shooters like, out there. Like, yeah, see, know. I don't think I can
1: forgive this kind of shit, though. Like, when you just do multiple people, and it's, so and, and it's so heinous, and it's so... I don't even know if it was my family member, I don't think I could forgive them. What if it was, like, your own
2: kid? Sorry, this is just, That's like, really a total hard. tangent, but it just yeah. is kind of a weird thing to think
1: about. It is an interesting
0: note to I think you, guys you with. What do I, you guys think yeah. in the
1: comments? Let us know. Yeah,
0: I don't know, man. It's tough What do you one. think
1: if, like, your brother, you found out your brother was, like, secretly a serial killer? Would I mean, I would love always
0: him? love my brother just because he's my brother but yeah. i would not i would not want a relationship with him
1: no i would not either. want to
0: associate but there's her.
1: love i think i mean well, yeah, would you still even have love level. for them though yeah i mean uh, it just
0: depends on how evil it's a whole they are internal I guess, battle, you know? battle,
1: yeah i guess it really depends on the situation but that would be really hard
0: yeah leave us a comment let us know um, what yeah. you guys think about it but mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and wrap it up there today guys that was michael gargiulo we'll see what happens with the sentencing and uh, with the trial for trisha yeah. and i just hope justice is served i think it um will be. you know i i think death penalty Sick is wanted fuck. here yeah um for this guy because yeah what he did was unforgivable mm-hmm, but truly thanks again for joining us for another episode of the mile higher podcast we will see you guys next time stay safe out there
1: and stay
2: woke
0: see you guys next time